Oscar nominations are in, and they're pretty heavy on the white men. James Bond can only ever be a male, apparently, and Morbius got its first trailer. Plus, I reveal the 10 best horror movies of the past decade. All this and more on this week's episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the podcast where I go through all of the news of the week in the world of entertainment and pop culture and I also review some stuff every now and again. So let's get started with what I honestly think is the most interesting story of the week and that is the Oscar nominations. So yes, the Oscar nominations came out this week. I didn't get uh, I didn't get the chance to get round to it last time, but there was I mean, it was interesting, I suppose, because uh, let's be honest, it's pretty, as I said before, heavy on the uh, on the men, especially the white men. But why? Why is that? Why did this happen? So uh, first off, I suppose the best thing to do is to actually go through the uh, the actual nominations, and um, there. I mean, it kind of it wasn't it wasn't that surprising let's say uh, it was it was what we all thought it was going to be and um it's it was something that honestly i was i was really hoping that this year you know after all of all of the the previous kind of problems we've had in the past with uh, the nominees and um how dominated they are by white men i was really really hoping that that this wasn't going to happen. So I'm, I'm just going to go through um, the, the big, I suppose, the, the bigger, in quotation marks, uh, awards. So for Best Picture, we have Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and 1917. So, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was, that that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought I thought all those movies were going to get in. There are a couple of films that didn't make the cut. I mean, I would have liked to have seen um, Knives Out get in there, for instance, because I think that's a fantastic film, and I put that at my at my number one uh, movie of the year. Us, I would have liked to have seen get in, but I know that uh, there have been prob. Well, you know that that movie's kind of disappeared, and also um, Lupita Nyong'o wasn't even nominated, which. I just it gets it frustrates me so much because she's so fantastic in that film and she was completely overlooked but um you know at least little women got in there you know good good on little women you know it's a, it's a very good movie Greta Gerwig is a brilliant brilliant director and I'm really happy for her that she actually got a best picture nomination but she didn't get a best director nomination you know, and that's um, this is really what people are talking about. It's the directors. So let's go through the directors. So uh, these are the directors nominated: Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Todd Phillips for Joker. So let's let's get this straight. I'm sorry, but people that like Joker, which I am one of them, I do think Joker is a fantastic movie. But don't tell me that Todd Phillips that he directed one of the best films, that Joker is one of the best directed films of the year. It is not. It is not one of the best directed movies of the year. It, <laughs> you look at a film, any pick any other film, pick Knives Out, pick uh, Little Women, pick you know, there, um, The Farewell, which didn't, you know, Lulu Wang's film didn't even get nominated um, in, in any of these categories. I was really thinking The Farewell would get nominated, actually, for at least Best Picture, you know, because you can nominate 10, but for some reason they only went up to nine. But this was the big controversy of this of this year. Why, why is this so dominated 
by by men you know and most of them white men you know and also the fact that todd phillips is i know i'm banging on about this but the fact that todd phillips is nominated for joker it just the first off joker is is a ripoff of many other movies that we mostly martin scorsese films if you look at it's literally the king of comedy and uh, and that's fine that's that's fine in, in in the kind of the comic book realm comic book movie realm it's not really a comic book movie to be honest it really is just um an, an homage to martin scorsese uh, movies of the past you know got, got a bit of taxi driver in there you got a bit of a lot of the king of comedy in there of king of comedy in there then you got quentin tarantino being nominated for once upon a time in hollywood and i love once upon a time in hollywood as well that was in my top 10 movies of the year but it's not it's not one of the best directed movies of the year it's 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 one of those kind of films that um because it's about the golden age of cinema uh the academy award you know the oscars the academy award nominees um members sorry they go mad for it it, it happened with la la lands and i have my problems with la la lands but um this this is a problem however bong joon ho being nominated for, for parasite is wonderful news that i was so happy when i when i saw that and um and then uh i mean he he he's already made history in being nominated he's the first korean ever be ever to be nominated ever to have a film in the best picture category and if he wins then he'll you know but he's already made being nominated is just is is an incredible achievement in itself but i'm hoping that he will win at the moment i think he's third favorite that the uh, Parasite is the third favourite to win Best Picture. I really hope it does win it, but I think 1917 is going to win it. And uh, as far as directors are concerned, <laughs> I actually, I, I think Quentin Tarantino is going to win. Uh, but it, I think it's... It, that is a tough one to call. I think the one that's definitely not going to win is Todd Phillips. I think he's definitely not going to win. He hasn't got a chance. And um, it's between it's between the other four, really. And then uh, we've got actresses in a leading role. So you've got uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, which was a bit of a shock. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, she's brilliant in the film, but um, literally I think her performance is the only thing that's really come out of that movie. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, wonderful as well. Uh, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Renee Zellweger in Judy, and Char- Charlize Theron in Bombshell, which, you know, they're, they're, it's, it, they are good all very very good performances i think that might end up going to oh they're all so good i mean i haven't actually seen judy and um I've, i have heard very good things about renny zellweger in that movie but i i'm hoping fingers crossed that saoirse ronan gets it i would love to see saoirse ronan get it and then actor in a leading role some wonderful um, uh, performances in here. You've got Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. I'd give it to him, to be honest, but he's not going to win. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was a bit kind of eh on that, but, you know, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. I'm pretty sure Joaquin Phoenix is going to win for Joker. I'm pretty sure that's uh, tied up. I'd love to see Adam Driver get it. Uh, I'm going to go over original screenplay now. So Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out in 1917. The only reason I say that is because um, Ryan Johnson, I think, deserves the uh, the award for that. That screenplay is fantastic. But um, again, I think it might end up going to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have just a feeling that this film's going to clean up this year. Adaptive screenplay, we've got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Two Popes and Joker. Why is Joker an adaptive screenplay? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. Maybe it's because he adapted the King of Comedy. Who knows? Uh, I got. I'm really. <laughs> I just say I did actually enjoy Joker. 
but I, I, I've said this before, I don't think it's an Oscar-worthy movie. I would give... I really love Jojo Rabbit. I would maybe give it to Jojo Rabbit, but Little Women is a brilliant screenplay as well. Then we've got uh, animated features. So How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. I haven't actually seen that. Uh, I've heard it's very good. Uh, I Lost My Body, which is very good. Klaus, which is also very good. Missing Link, eh. And Toy Story 4. Well, that's going to go to Toy Story 4, isn't it? That's... Uh... <laughs> That's a foregone conclusion. Foreign film, uh, foreign language film, so or international, best international film. Um, we've got Parasite from South Korea. From Spain, we've got Pain and Glory, which uh, I love that movie. From France, we've got Les Misérables. From North Macedonia, we have Honeyland. And from Poland, we have Corpus Christi. Really interesting uh, films in there. I would uh, recommend, highly recommend Parasite and Pain and Glory. Both very good. I haven't seen Les Misérables. Um, Corpus Christi is also very good and so here we go actor in supporting role Tom Hanks has been nominated for an actor in supporting role don't know why uh, I think he, I haven't seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood but it looks like he's the lead at least they're selling it like he is but maybe he's not you know maybe so we've got Tom Hanks um, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes Al Pacino in The Irishman Joe Pesci in The Irishman and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I love Brad Pitt but I mean, yeah, it's a very um, captivating performance, let's say. But is it Oscar-worthy? Eh. I have a feeling this might go to Joe Pesci because he really does... He's done such great work. And actually, I think he's the best thing in The Irishman. And then we have actress in a supporting role. We have Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, which was um, a, bit of, a bit of a left-field, I suppose, uh, choice. But, uh, you know, apparently she's very good. And I haven't seen Richard Jewell yet. It hasn't come out here in the UK. Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson, who's been nominated twice uh, for Jojo Rabbit... Florence Pugh for Little Women and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I think that might end up going to Laura Dern for Marriage Story. She is wonderful in that film. And uh, and yeah, there you have these. I'm th these are the only ones I'm going to go over because uh, we'll be here all day. <laughs> I will say that um, it's nice to see 1917 nominated in Best Cinematography along with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Joker, and The Lighthouse. Because I really want, I would love to see Roger Deakins get uh, get another Oscar after he got his first for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Also, nineteen seventeen is just a, a remarkable film, like shot film. If you want to nominate it and if you want it to win anything, best cinematography, it really does deserve that. So, I mean, that was my Oscars bit. Uh, let's move away from the Oscars and on to James Bond. Yes, so we had some James Bond news this week. We had quite, quite a lot of James Bond um, news this week, actually. So first off, uh, we have uh, the news that Billie Eilish is going to be making, uh, doing the uh, the song for No Time to Die, the next James Bond movie. And I I really, really like this fact. Uh, uh, first off, Billie Eilish is, uh, she's, I'm pretty sure you all know who she is. Bad Guys, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic track. But also her album is really, really good. And she's a very interesting choice. Um, I, I, I was, I was always, I was a bit worried that they were going to choose someone in the kind of Sam Smith realm, Adele realm of things. But no, they're going down a really, le going really left field with this one. And I think she's going to to make a very, very interesting. Um, she's doing it with her brother as well. They they write all their songs together, and I think they're going to make a very, very interesting song and it's about time because i really thought the specter song was pretty bad i thought skyfall was fine adele you know but I, I want something a bit different and i think that's what she's going to bring other james bond news is that the producers uh eon producers barbara broccoli and michael j wilson have were talking to variety 
And they revealed during this uh, during an interview that the next actor who could play James Bond could not it might not be white, but it will be a man, not a woman. So this is what uh, what they said. He said um, he can be of any color, but he is male. I believe he um, we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male char- character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that. And you know what? I completely agree with this statement. I think um, I think that's what they're going to do anyway. You've got Lashana Lynch coming into the next movie, into No Time to Die, and she's obviously going to be 007. And I'm really, really looking forward to 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 her doing that and, and kind of putting a new spin on, you know, the, the traditional spy we've seen. We're kind of used to seeing James Bond now. It's been a, you know, a long time coming and everything. And, you know, and I think it's about time that they have James Bond, but then maybe do some spin-offs with um, a female kind of 007. I think that, that makes perfect, perfect sense. So moving away from Bond and on to Morbius. We've had quite a lot of Morbius news this week because um, we had a Morbius trailer. And the Morbius trailer is it's uh, it's an interesting thing. If you've seen it, um, go well, if you haven't seen it, go away and watch it and come back because this trailer is, is ma- first off, it's got a massive spoiler at the end. So the spoiler is that uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture is in this movie. So first off, what does that mean? So basically what it means is that Morbius and these Sony picture movies are officially in the MCU. Is that a good thing? <laughs> I think so because they're kind of fun. They 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 they're bad like well okay Venom was a bad movie. Let's get that out of the way. It was a bad movie but it was good fun. And uh, and I'm pretty sure Morbius is going to be in the same realm. So first off, you've got Jared Leto playing Michael Morbius, who's a, a scientist with a rare blood disease. And what does he do? He's looking desperately looking for a cure, and he ends up finding some weird cure by uh, going to a cave where there are lots of bats, and then putting his cutting his hand, putting his hand out, and I don't know, something happens, and he ends up being transformed into a vampire. Basically, that's what happens. So then you got this trailer and it explains all this and you've got the lights of, um, uh, you know, you've got Matt Smith in this movie. You've got um, Jared Harris in this film. I'm going to talk about Jared Harris in a bit. And um, and you've got actually quite a low key Jared Leto until he ends up turning into Morbius. And then they've actually, um, if you go on the site, you can see we've got some pictures and they've gone very comic book accurate with the transformation into the living vampire. And I actually quite like that fact. So I think this is going to be a very B-movie type um, comic book film, which is fine. You know, there's there's room for that. People like it. You look at how well Venom did, and obviously there's an appetite for this kind of film out there. But the fact that um, a Vulture is in this movie means that these films are directly linked to the MCU. So that means further down the line, we're probably going to get the likes of Tom Hardy's Venom coming into the Morbius movies. And there's also rumors that... Um, it's on the site that Morbius and Blades might be in a movie together. Apparently, Kevin Feige really wants that to happen. So there's all this stuff going on. And it basically means that the Sony universe, uh, kind of Spider-Verse, let's call it, and the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe are going to become pretty interlinked. And then we've also got the X-Men. We've got X-Men coming in. We've got Deadpool coming in. We've got Fantastic Four coming in. So basically, it means that we're getting Marvel Comics, all of Marvel Comics, on the big screen together. And that's a good thing, really. 
because it looks like they're also trying to keep the um, the same kind of vibes that these films have. They're, they're trying to keep the kind of B-movie type aspect to Morbius and, and Venom. And we know they're working on Venom 2 with Andy Serkis as the director. And I, I'm very, actually, very, very excited to see that film because I think he's a wonderful, wonderful director, very underrated director. And um, and it's something that I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing. And also, I spoke about Jared um, Jared Harris before. I'm pretty sure that Jared Harris is playing um, Otto. He's playing Doc Ock um, in in this film. I'm pretty certain that's that's what's going to happen. And um, he's only one of the reasons is he's only put down as uh, as as Morbius's mentor. So I'm pretty sure he's playing Otto uh, Octavius. In the in the film, and they just haven't really they haven't revealed that yet. There's an article on that on the site. You can go and have a look at that if you ha- if you have time. And um, the so, I mean, this this is this is pretty big news that they're doing this, and it kind of took over the internet. And then we also there was also the whole business about within the trailer, there was a um, uh, a poster of Spider Man, and people were like, oh, Spider Man's in this universe too. Actually, upon closer inspection that that poster is actually of the playstation 4 spider-man game so it's not actually the right spider-man you know you can't have any, you can't have everything can you so let's move away from uh from from morbius why don't we go on to the batman so there's been a lot of uh robert pattinson's been talking quite a lot actually about about the batman and um he was talking uh recently so i uh and he was basically talking about what he wanted to do with the Batman and he said the only thing that's more complicated is the rating as soon as you make something an R-rated movie you're freed up to do so much stuff in terms of the character itself I want to push it as far as it possibly can go I think that Matt Reeves has it has uh, does that as well you can do crazy stuff with that part so basically what what he's doing what he's saying here what what Pattinson's saying here is that he wants he wants to push Batman as far as he possibly can because it's looking, I mean, hope, I think it is, it's looking pretty much like the Batman's going to be R-rated. And I really hope they go down that route. And I think they've learned from the fact that Joker's done so well that there is a... Um, people want to see this. People want to see this kind of movie. People want to see a more grown-up type film nowadays. And it's looking like like they're going to do it. It's... Um, <laughs> And it's looking like we're going to get a pretty mad, pr- pretty nuts Batman in this movie. And uh, someone else that said that he's very interested in seeing what Robert Pattinson's going to do with the role was uh, Robert Downey Jr. So he was on um, the Joe Rogan Experience, the, his podcast, and he was asked about the next Batman movie. And he said, I really want to see what Pattinson does. I like that guy. Very simple to the point answer. But uh, it looks like everybody in the comic book movie universe is... Uh, is interested in seeing what Pattinson, Pattinson's going to do with the role. He's a, you know, it's a pretty big deal that he got it, and um, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him get to really, really play with the role. Okay, so more kind of DC news. So there's something on at the moment called Crisis on Infinite Earths. What is that? It's the uh, the uh, the crossover of all the the CW kind of comic book TV shows, and in in the, the the recent one, which is the Flash episode of this crossover event, they call it, we got to see Ezra Miller cameo as the Flash, which basically means 
all these universes, talking of interlinked universes with Marvel, all of these DC kind of universes, the TV one and the movie one, are interlinked. The scene itself is very short and it's played for laughs. Uh, it's quite it's quite interesting. So if you, I won't spoil it for you. If you haven't seen the latest episode of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'd actually say go and watch it because it's quite good fun. And um, and it's probably the best uh, I've ever seen Ezra Miller as the Flash, you know. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's something that um, that that we that it's you know that the fact that they've done this means that um, we really can see something interesting moving forward, especially in 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 the DC Comics universe. Right. So what? So basically. There's some, there's, there was some big news, quite a lot of big news, but some big news that came out today. So let's move away from comic books, move away from Marvel, move away from DC Comics, and on to Star Wars. So apparently, according to Variety, Lucasfilm wants Taika Waititi to direct a future Star Wars film. This would be insane if this, was to, if this were to happen. Now, if you didn't know, he'd already directed, he's already directed an episode of The Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars TV show on Disney+. Plus. And it's a really, really good episode. He directed the finale, and it's probably, I think, the best episode of the whole series. The thing is, he's really busy, so he's currently making Thor Love and Thunder. He's also at some point going to be doing the Akira movie, but I don't know when that's going to happen. And now, uh, it looks like Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy wants to hire him to make a Star Wars film. Yes, hire him. Hire him. (laughs) But the guy's really busy. So, I mean, hopefully it'll happen. I really do hope it does happen. But who knows? You know, who knows? These things are very, um, it's very early. I suppose they're, they're very early on in the in the process and the, nego- in the negotiations. But Watiti is like the most d- in-demand director of, in Hollywood at the moment. He's got himself six nominations with Jojo Rabbit. Uh, he's, he's, he's a big deal. And uh, people really, really want him to direct their movies. So moving away from, well, we're keeping on the Star Wars... Uh, the Star Wars realm. So I'm not sure, well, you probably didn't know, but there was um, a a leaked script for the original, Colin Trevorrow's original Star Wars Episode Nine script. And I tell you what, if you read it, it's a lot better than what we got. It's a lot more interesting uh, for a number of reasons. The main one is that it, um, it makes sense. The, I mean, I did like The Rise of Skywalker. I did enjoy it, but that there are certain problems with it. Uh, it's basically it basically ignores everything that was done in the right in the last jedi and trevorrow's film didn't if these scripts are to be, to be believed and um and we've been, it's been revealed actually how so first of all it was going to be called star wars jewels of the fates which i jewel of the fates which i think is a much much better title secondly uh the there was uh, Carrie Fisher's after Carrie Fisher's death. Apparently, they changed uh, Trevorrow's script. He he re-edited it and changed her death scene in the movie. And actually, she died in battle in in the film, which I think is actually quite a noble way for her to go out. I did actually really really like the way they did it in the movie. Um, there's a whole bit in in Trevorrow's script as well about uh, Kylo Ren f- feeling her passing in and. In, in, just getting incredibly angry because <laughs> you know that's what Kylo Ren would do, and uh, and actually, if you haven't if you haven't read this leak or the um, the bullet points that's on making Star Wars of the leaked script, I, I would really recommend you go and read it because there's also a female Darth Maul in this film, and she was going to be the main the main villain, so they're actually going to reveal. Uh, who the Knights of Ren were. They were going to give them names. They were going to take their masks off. 
And one of the one of the characters was from Dathomir, which is Darth Maul's homeworld, and she's called Solany Wren. And she would end up actually taking over the First Order when Kylo Ren went in search for Sith holocrons, not not wayfinders, holocrons in this one. And then he, they would end up her, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey would end up fighting her, and Kylo would uh, take a, a fatal blow to save Rey, and Rey would then, in a fit of anger, kill, uh, kill this Darth Maul, this female version of Darth Maul. Uh, you know. I think it sounded pretty cool. It the I will say again that the 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 Trevorrow version of the film, if this is true, it makes an awful lot more sense than what we ended up getting. You know, these things happen. It's um he was obviously they'd obviously seen his his latest his latest film, which the name of the name of which is escaping me at, at the moment. But they kind of freaked out and they wanted to go with J.J. Abrams. And what he delivered was was perfectly fine, actually. It's uh, it's you know perfectly perfectly serviceable, and um, you know it's it's just a, it's it's a bit of a shame that um, that it had to be it kind of had to to end in such basically because the Rise of Skywalker is a trilogy within itself. And I think that is very much what um, what J.J. Abrams wanted to do with the whole trilogy is in that movie. And I think uh, Trevor Rowe's version really does, as I mentioned before, it, it, it does kind of, um, it's a good com- uh, companion piece to the, the, the Last Jedi, whereas The Rise of Skywalker just isn't. Uh, more Star Wars news. Apparently, Jar Jar Binks is rumoured to, <laughs> to return in Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Does anybody want this to happen? <laughs> I really don't think so. Uh, but apparently it's going to happen you know these things these things do happen and uh and it's also i mean a character that um has had a lot got a lot of stick over the years but uh, i'm really really hoping that um if they do bring him back in this kenobi series which is going to star you and mcgregor that they do it right and they they actually write a, a decent character that's not a you know that there aren't the problems that there were with the prequels with jar jar binks the character i I really hope it doesn't happen because it's just a he's a problematic character in so many ways and also there's no real need to bring him back in this but hey apparently they're thinking of it. So that is basically it's going to be a very quick show this week because I wanted to focus mainly on the Oscars but um that's basically the news. But now we're going to move on to lists. There've been a lot of uh, I I'm starting to do a lot more lists like because it's the end of the decade, it's you know, we're in 2020. And one of the lists I did this week were the 10 best horror films of from the past decade. And I really wanted to do this because I honestly think the 2010s, we'll call them that, was a really really good decade for horror movies. So we had a lot a, a lot of these films coming out, but it was actually really difficult to get it just down to 10. But here are the 10 that I came up with. So in at number 10, we have Gerald's Game, which is the Mike Flanagan movie on Netflix. You can get, you can watch it now. It's it's just wonderful. Watch it. At number nine, we have It Comes at Night, which came out in 2017. Number eight, the best zombie film I've seen. Well, one of the best zombie films I've ever seen in Train to Busan. It's fantastic. Came out in 2016. Number seven, we have John Krasinski's A Quiet Place, which came out in 2018, and it is a wonderful film and getting a sequel this year, A Quiet Place Part 2, which I'm really excited to see. It Follows is a wonderful, wonderful horror movie. It came out in 2014. We've got Hereditary, which is just... <sighs> Hereditary is fantastic. I love I love Hereditary. It came out in 2018. 
And number four, we have Robert Eggers' The Witch, came out in 2015. In number three, we have The Cabin in the Woods, which is one of my favorite horror uh, comedies ever. I think it's fantastic, but it is actually quite scary. And that came out in 2011. In number two, we have Jordan Peele's Get Out, which came out in 2017 and is, I think, one of the most important horror movies and just movies ever made. And in number one, we have Jennifer Kent's The Babadook, which uh, came out in 2014. And I wrote an article about The Babadook. I think it is... um, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, even if you don't like horror, I think there's a lot, there's so much in this movie. And I, and I really do recommend you see it because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just something very special about, about the Babadook. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing um, I'm going to recommend this, this week is uh, I've been watching um, Dracula. Uh, on which is on Netflix and basically or everywhere else apart from over here it's on the BBC, it's on BBC over here and being a fan of Dracula of the original Bram Stoker book and just Dracula in in in, in general I've been really really enjoying this series I think it's very it, it's from the creators of Sherlock it's Mark Gattis and uh, you know they've got a very unique way of writing it's kind of you've got a lot of scary parts in it there's a lot of gore but there's also a lot of dark humor so if you're watching it thinking, should this be funny? The answer is yes, it should. It's very tongue-in-cheek. And Charles Bang, the guy that plays um, plays Dracula, is just wonderful in the lead role. And I really, really do. I'm on, I'm, I'm on episode two right now. There are only three episodes, and they're very long. They're basically feature-length each episode. And I really, I highly, highly recommend you guys watch that, especially if you've got Netflix and you're not living in the UK. It's something that I think everyone... I think most people will enjoy it's it's a lot of good fun and um <laughs> i i highly highly recommend that you check that out but that's going to about do it for this week there was um there's a lot to get through and this week i really really did only merely scratch the surface but uh, it's a time issue and uh there was a lot of news that came out this week but please go and check out small screen which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news features and reviews you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SmallScreenGB. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here same time next week. I'll try and get it to you. And I think it'll be a longer episode next week. So thanks again for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>